Hey there, world. You're listening to The Hectic Podcast with me, Daryl Kelly, founder of HecticApp.com. This is episode number 15, The Other Side. So what is Hectic? Hectic is a single digital workspace with all the tools you'll need to start, manage, and grow a freelancing business with a built-in, personalized community to help freelancers connect with others, develop and refine their craft, and get help from experts, empowering anyone with a skill and a dream get from one client to unstoppable. That's Hectic. This, this is the Hectic Podcast, a place for inspiring and exciting conversations with freelancers. We'll also catch up with global experts across a wide variety of industries and backgrounds to get advice, tips, and insights on overcoming mental hurdles, managing the hustle, and navigating through adversity. They say those who can't play, coach. But that's not the case with today's guest, Keyshawn. Not only can he play and play so well across a wide variety of sports, he was drafted into the NBA G League. He chose to increase course loads during school started his own business, and frankly, looked wicked good while doing it. Now he runs Adversity Athletes using athletics to help transform students' lives, and he's doing it on such a big level. Welcome to the Hector Podcast, Keyshawn. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm very excited to be a part of this. I've been looking forward to it, and I'm, I'm happy and excited to share my story. We're so happy and excited as well. And we've been talking about this for a while, and we've been doing some research and going back and forth in conversation. And it wasn't until last week I realized how tall you were. You're 6'5". Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, you got to tell me some tall people problems. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I don't really get to experience as many as others that are a lot taller than me, but I mean, fitting in cars, planes, um, occasionally having to duck your head a couple of times and then watching out for some of the shorter chandeliers that are in some of the living rooms and the houses that I go into. But other than that, I don't really have to worry about as much. Um, my house is pretty tall, so I don't have to really worry about hitting my head on anything. What's your, I don't know. Have you had a tall person incident? Have you ran into anything? Oh, yeah. I've, I've hit my head on a chandelier before. And then just being crammed in a plane is ob- is, is honestly one of the worst things. <laughs> You're like folded over. You can't get yeah. any work done. <laughs> yeah. Exit rows are usually where I have to sit. <laughs> so let's talk about adversity athletes. One, the name alone, I think, really sets an incredible foundation for some background and a good conversation around. What's underneath Adversity Athletes? What is Adversity Athletes? So Adversity Athletes is uh, a brand that I started during COVID. When COVID had first happened, we had went into quarantine. I had originally started training at D1 Training Boise, which was a newer facility that came out here around last year. Um, And then I was a part of HSB Academy. I still am a part of there doing my basketball skills and individualized and group trainings there. But when COVID had hit, everything had kind of been set still. So for 14 days, we were required to not work and to be at home. And so then when I had went home, I had sat down for about a day and I realized that I could not, I couldn't do it. Like it wasn't something that I 
could just sit there and do nothing. I felt like my time is better utilized towards improving people. And so instead of sitting there taking it as a vacation, I decided to put one of my childhood dreams, which is always opening up my own gym and my own training. Um, I put that into fruition and put the steps behind it to build adversity athletes. So I actually started training out of my garage in the back of my house. And then in the midsection between my garage and my house, there was about um, a free throw line extended uh, concrete slab that I then went and got a goal and put a basketball goal there. So I was doing basketball training as well as my strength and conditioning training outside of my garage and then on that concrete slab. So when I had originally started, I had started with some of the kids that I had had that were training with me at D1 and at HSB. And I asked them if they wanted to continue um, and follow the COVID protocols with, you know, sanitizing our hands, sanitizing all of our equipment, um, wearing masks when they came and they were all for it. And so we began training and after we started for a little bit, they told me that they liked it a lot. So instead of waiting on uh, other things to happen to have my own gym, I just started the adversity athletes part of it, which is why I did it is because of my athletes. And during the time and everything that I've experienced in my life, um, going through trials and tribulations and um, a ton of adversity that I've experienced, I put that into the brand and then I created it for my kids. So my kids are the foundation of adversity athletes. And that's what it's about. I get a lot of kids that come from uh, single family homes or kids that have experienced adversity from getting cut from teams or kids that are, you know, not maybe not getting as much playing time as they would like or different um, life uh, situations where, um, you know, they've experienced adversity. So I created the brand for my kids that I train and then it, it just blew up and it's taken off. And you say kids, what age range do you focus in on? So I have the youngest I've had is a 10-year-old. I've trained from a 10-year-old all the way up. And I train more than just kids. I primarily have a lot of kids right now. But I've trained adults from 40 and up um, and, and, you know, 40 and lower. So a lot of the kids that I train, most of them now are, when I first got them, were in 7th, 8th grade and then juniors in high school. Now I have uh, seventh and eighth graders are going into, you know, eighth and ninth. And then I have my, my kids that are, you know, in high school that I train. And then my younger kids, I have a variety. So around fifth grade, all the way up to, um, to my college kids and my, and my pro athletes. So I have quite a few. What is a session with Keyshawn look like? Take me behind the scenes. Cause it's part physical, but then there's this mentoring element that you do really well. I would say that's probably the biggest component of my training. A lot of trainers will go and they'll go through an, a session, a 60-minute session or a 90-minute session. And they'll train their kid. They'll get in, get out, and it's done. With me, um, I try to see my kids as much as possible. So I try to see most of them I see Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And so I try to see them as much as I can because not only are they getting the physical side of the training, but they're getting a mental and a spiritual side of it as well. So a lot of my mentorship and stuff that I talk about and that I preach comes with a part of training with me. And that um, that I think propels them more so than just the physical training, because te I'm not teaching just my athletes how to be great athletes in the, in the sports that they play, but I'm teaching them how to be great students. Uh, great young men and great young women that have self-belief in themselves, they have confidence in themselves, and that they present themselves and represent themselves the appropriate way to know that, that people should respect them for who they are. Where does this passion come from? Because, I mean, it, it just, <laughs> I'm looking at you right now and you're glowing for the people that aren't going to be able to see this. You can see that you really love what you do more than the physical. Yeah. Uh, 
my passion comes from literally just uh, growing up. I lost my father when I was six, seven years old, um, and he was a hero of mine. And when I lost him, I felt like I lost a little bit of life. And so now I use him as my motivation to give back life. And so every day that I live, I feel like God put me on this earth to impact impact those that are around me. And so everything that I do, I try to benefit people. I try to give them motivation. I try to inspire them. Um, I try to let them know that if you get knocked down, you can keep going. You can get up and, and make something of yourself. And that just because people don't believe in you or, or you lose somebody or, or you had faced some type of um, adversity that you can keep pushing on. And so my passion comes from everything that I've lost and, and the motivation to be what I want to be for myself is the, the thing that I needed in my life. And, and that was a strong uh, a role model, somebody that led me the right way and pushed me to do the right things. And that's something that I had to teach myself. I had some mentors and key people along the way that have helped me. My mother is probably my my biggest fan and my biggest supporter. And she, uh, she instilled confidence in me and, and respect into me. And um, she always told me that I was going to be special and be different. And so every day I strive to make my mom proud and, and make my father proud that's in heaven. So that's, that's what my passion is driven by and, and just making sure that I'm creating better people. That's my goal. Yeah. And underneath all of that adversity, you've stayed focused. You've decided, I'm not going to allow really uncontrollable situations to define my life. Instead, you said, here's how I want to honor my dad. Here's how I want to live my life. And then you're helping other people do that. Can you tell me about, I mean, if you can you know, a session that you just felt really, really connected to someone and you felt this is why I should be doing this? Um, I actually have them quite frequently, quite frequently with all my kids, because a lot of my kids are coming through situations where they might not have received the playing time that they want or they were knocked down because they didn't make a team. And so, um, you know, I had one kid that uh, he took off three years of basketball when I first got him. He couldn't even really dribble or, 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 or dribble and run full speed. And so um, to see where he's at now, he's 14 years old and he can jump and hang on to the rim with two hands. Um, that was one of those things where it, it was definitely life. It, was, it gave me life and gave me excitement. Um, that's one. I have um, a kid that's lost 60 pounds training with me that, um, you know, that got counted out. And, and then now he's taking the right steps to, to better his health. And so... Um, the main thing that shows me why I do this is when they come and tell me of tell me stories about when they helped a kid out that's in their class or when they helped a kid that was on their team or when they lent a hand to their mom or dad. Those are the things that um, that stick out to me more than the individual accolades that they get from playing and competing in their sport. It's the things that they do that shows that they've matured and that they're growing and, and are becoming good people, um, lending a hand to others and, and building those up. Those are the reasons why I do it. So, um and that's that's through all my uh, my kids. I have girls that come in and they're like, you know, they're not they're not making excuses for themselves anymore. They're sitting there. You know what? I'm going to put in the hard work. I'm going to do this. And I had a girl that, you know, went from almost not playing to then she makes the frosh team and has a great year. And, you know, we're, we're pushing her now to, you know, skip over the JV and try to get on varsity. So her goals are set higher. I, my big biggest thing that I love the most is when they set a goal, they reach it, and then they're they're not satisfied. They're trying to go even higher. So um, those are the things that make me realize. And a lot of times I actually get tears. Sometimes I tell them like, oh, you're going to get an emotional key today because just the growth of seeing them not only uh, improve as a basketball player or improve as a football player or as an athlete, but to see their growth 
mentally and, and who they are as a person to see how they walk and and present themselves. Now, a lot of the kids that I have started off with no confidence and now they walk into the door and you're like, who are you? You know, so those are the things that um, that definitely they put me in the right position and, and I know that I'm doing the right thing. And that's why I love adversity. You said patience. And it's something that we as a society minimize. So I, I think about all these new articles that have been coming out over the past few months about, oh, this freelancer earned $374,000 last year or, you know, uh, celebrating endings. And we often don't compare to the place that we're at or the stage that we're at or the work that we're at. I love that you have this component and you're teaching and you're having conversations around patients because so often we're just like one step away from where we were hoping to be or where that destination was. We just didn't have the patience or the resilience or the grit to take it one step further. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, with patience, a lot of the times people will be patient for the wrong things. Right. So I don't, I don't look at things in the way of the world. I look at the things in the way of, of what God would see them as. And so my patience comes from one understanding how to work out. So when you work out, like people think that if you go to the gym for a day or if you go for a week, that the results should be instant. It's not that. So when you start training, I started training at sixth grade. And so when I had started training, if I didn't believe in the work that I was putting in, it would have never happened. And so for me to sit there and, and see that, okay, I can work out a day. I can work out three days. I can work out a week. Has anything changed yet? If I could continue to keep pushing myself, believing that it will, and I have the right things and the right steps to go forth, then it'll happen. But if I'm, if I'm, it's like, if I believed in something that was wrong, if I, if I tried to be patient for something that wasn't for me, it will never happen. What's meant for you is going to happen, but you have to make sure that you're taking those steps to do it. And it, it doesn't matter the time frame. Commitment is, is staying true to what you said long after the feeling of what you said it in left. So if I say I'm going to be committed to working out and I'm going to go to the gym five days a week, I can't, I can't start by, oh, I started two days and then all of a sudden my commitment changed. I was never committed if I didn't stay true to it. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so I stay true to what I say. So if, I, if I'm going to do something, if I say I'm going to do anything and I tell you that and I look you in the face and I say, hey, I'm going to do this today, I'm going to make it happen. It doesn't matter if it takes me a year, five years, 10 years. When we look back and I have what I said, I'm going to remind you of that day when I told you I was going to do it. And now your belief in me is going to be 10 times more than that because I stay true to what I said. So my commitment and understanding what commitment is and staying true to that is real. There's no, like, like I said from the beginning, there's no gimmick. A lot of people, they can't stay committed to what they're saying that they're doing when it comes to opening your own business, running your own thing. It gets tough and a lot of people fold. I don't fold, right? If I, if I failed or I got knocked down, I then say, you know what? How can I change this negative into a positive? How can I, how can I look at this in a different light? How can I maneuver this in a way that's going to benefit not only me, but my kids? And so that learning that and, and being patient in a sense of I have a seventh grader that I got to train, right? That's already talking about being on varsity, but we got two more years. Okay. So let's put in these two years of work. What are you willing to do to make sure that ensure that you're going to be where you want to be? Are you just going to say it or are you going to do it? Cause I'm going to be there every day. So now it's your job to show up too. 
And just because you came to this workout, just because you showed up to the gym, just because you went to the gym to get extra shots up, doesn't guarantee you anything. What did you do within that 60 minutes that you had? Did you just show up and just go through the motions or did you show up and give everything that you got? So every day that I wake up, I'm going to bed at 9, 10 o'clock, 10, 30. Sometimes I stay up, I get two hours of sleep, but my passion wake me up. Half the time, I don't even have to wake up to an alarm. I'm already up. How much public speaking do you do? <laughs> uh, not, not, not really, not really any. I wish I did. I, it's something that I actually love to do. I love to speak. I love to talk um, because it's not something that I write out or plan. It comes from the heart. So, um, so yeah, I love, I love public speaking. I don't get nervous. Um, it's weird. I, I haven't gotten nervous in a, in a long time. So it's something I'd love to do. Your heart's in it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Your heart's very much in it. I, I'm sitting here and I'm ready. Like, yeah, I need to start trusting myself more and embracing these people. Cause it's the negative self-talk is so destructive because I do, I fall into this all the time. And as you were talking, it was reinforcing some of the practices that I've been leaning into lately. And like, yeah, this is high five, Keyshawn. I feel more on the right track after talking to you because I want to have that same passion and energy and belief about myself, you know, and I've had great success in my life. And I think one of the things that I'm most comfortable with. This is a weird way to take the podcast, but why not? The thing that I'm most comfortable with is destroying myself and beating myself up, constantly saying, oh, I missed that shot. I missed this. I didn't do this versus what I'm observing and seeing so passionately in you and authentically in you is, yeah, that doesn't matter. You learned you make that adjustment, you keep going. You learn, you make that adjustment, you keep going. Because we've heard talks like this, right? I mean, there's so many motivational things that you can find on YouTube. And I just want everyone listening to this, it's different in this environment. And I know it's easy to get numb behind that like... <sighs> the hustle culture, like typical motivational speaker. And then anyone that talks with passion about self-belief, they get bucketed in to that group. You're not in that group. Like as I'm sitting here, you're so far from it. But then you have a lot of the principles. You just do it in a way that's so much more relatable than any quote unquote large motivational speaker that I've ever been around. That's why I said you've how much public uh, you need to go on tour right now. <laughs> yeah, I I no, I definitely um I definitely do love public speaking, but to go to go with what you had just said about the negative self-talk and 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 beating yourself up is not just you, it's a lot of people. And it was one thing that um that I learned is I went through a stage in my life where my confidence was at a low and it seemed like the more that my comp I allowed myself to have my confidence at that level, the more things went wrong. And so when I had realized that I, I knew that there had to be a change, but with that change was when I had to, that was always pointing at a problem. I was like, well, it was this person that did this and that's why I feel this way or this situation happened and that's why I felt this way or 
the people that was around me were talking about negative stuff consistently and I'm chiming in and now I'm feeding to the negativity and subconsciously I don't even realize it, but I'm beating myself up because I'm allowing myself to do it. And so what I realized in that moment is that instead of speaking that, because in the moment that I'm speaking that right now, I've already thought it. So that's one uh, form of negativity. I've now spoke it. That's two. And now I've heard it. And now that's three. And now I'm hearing it from others. So then it comes again. So then it recycles. Yes. So now there's four ways of negativity that I allow to access my brain. And so now how can I go through with my vision if I constantly say that I can't do it? And so like with my kids, right? So I have a rule. We can't say the word can't, right? It's honestly, it's the worst word I've ever heard. I, I, I do not like it. And I don't like it because what it does is, is that it breaks you down and it puts a limit on where you're going. And I'm going to give everything I got in it. And I know if I give my best effort, every ounce of me, if I fail, then it wasn't meant for me. And that's okay. Now I've learned one door closes. I got to use that door closing for another door to open. So I may not be able to go this way, but I don't want to be a negative and go a long way, right? If I'm negative and go a long way to go the wrong way, I've done it all wrong. Right. So I don't, I don't want to be in that position. So I don't, I don't, I don't try to put those in my head. I like on my walls around my room, like I have letters and, and pictures and, and family portraits of all the kids and the families that I train, their grandparents, the everybody. And I read it occasionally. And sometimes I have to have tissue right by me because of how much impact I put into somebody's life. And that's what drives me. And like, like you guys, you know, you're creating this app that's now your light of what you're doing is, is big. And we, we, we could talk about that. You're putting in a position where now for people like me who are doing what I'm doing, now my job became easier. So what you did and what you believed in, your belief, your idea is now inspired me to use it. It's going to inspire the thousands that I'm going to tell to use it. And now all of my kids use it. So the one dream that you had, the vision that you had is now into fruition because you believed in it. Because when you first started, I guarantee there was somebody like, why would you do that? Oh, <laughs> so what, many people. <laughs> it's the same thing. Like when I first started, people were like, why would you leave D1 Training Boise? The nicest facility has all the weights. Everything is put on there. And I looked at him. I said, because. I got to take a chance on myself. And it's not a chance on myself. I got to show these kids that I can take a risk and I'm not scared of it. And next thing you know, now they're going to try things in games. They're going to try new things. They all have a skill now. I'm teaching them how to lift properly. I'm teaching them how to move properly. So now they have a skill set. So worse comes the worst. They go to college, don't like what they do. They can be a trainer. They have a foundation of how it works. And now they can make a good living for themselves. So there's so many facets of which just being positive changes everything. I'm not going to let myself be negative or beat myself up. Why? I can look in the mirror and think I look good. <laughs> you know? So it's what I tell myself. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to steal that mirror thing cuz that sets the tone for the entire day. It completely changes. It, it changes everything. That one simple thing and then you're constantly surrounded by that reinforcing feedback of the direction that you're going in. You know, that's that reward system that you've developed. So every room that you go in, you're rewarded by the efforts that you're putting. Okay, Keyshawn. And so I have to ask a signature question because there's so many incredible nuggets that you've said. I want to see how you shrink that all into 
what is one good habit that an aspiring freelancer should start developing or one negative habit that an aspiring freelancer should stop doing? You can choose both or either. Um, The thing that you should stop doing is doubting your vision, doubting what you believe in, doubting your ideas, doubting yourself. Doubt is an illusion in itself. It's the same thing as fear. It's an illusion. It's what you put to it. So what you think about as a fear or what you think as a, as a doubt, those are the things that you're creating those negative behaviors of what, I, what we just spoke about. So doubt, eliminate doubt. Understand if something does not work, that it's not because your idea wasn't good. It might have needed a kink. It might have needed a twist. It might have needed something else. It might have needed a little more of something. Um, so doubt, eliminate doubt for anybody that's starting a business or um, or a project or whatever, eliminate doubt and, and eliminate negativity. Those are the, those are the two things that I would eliminate. Um, and then what a freelancer should do to propel their ideas or their business is belief. Belief. Um, and those are the, all of these things I'm saying are all mentalities and are all mental. Um, and, and also time management. If you are dedicated to a craft or you are dedicated to a business or an idea or something, chase it. Learn what commitment is, read the definition, and then stand 10 toes down on what you said you were going to do. Because a lot of people when they start making an idea or a business or an app or, or a training idea or, or going to school and want to be a doctor, as soon as it gets rough, everything changes. And so stand true on what you said, be committed to what you said, and be confident in what you're trying to do. If you don't believe in it, nobody will. If you don't think you're a star, nobody will. And so a simple mind change can allow you and propel you into the things that you want in life. Where can we keep up with you online? On Instagram, you can follow my Instagram. It's Keyshawn underscore Liggins. That's my personal page. That's going to be more uh, predicated on lifestyle, um, more of like my modeling and photo shoots and my media business and then my everyday life. Um, And then my Adversity Athletes Instagram page is Adversity Athletes underscore. That'll be where you can follow my athletes, my athletes journey, my journey, my other trainers that I've have hired on, their journeys. Um, those are the two key components. I also have a YouTube channel that is going to be coming here pretty soon. Yes. Um, I want to be able to do that. And that's going to have a lot of motivational talks, workout tips and tricks. Um, and then also it's going to have, you know, just life, just life, every like vlogs and things that I go through daily. I'm going to try to really grow those um, because a lot of people, they see a face or they see a brand and they wonder what's the story behind it. And there's a lot, there's a lot that's not told but a lot that can be told because I'm, I'm open like a book. I love to share my story. I love to share my thoughts and my ideas. And I love talking to people. Well done. You're doing such a great job. You know, I, I think about the adversity that you had very, very early on. And the man that I'm looking at right now, high five. Thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. And if you're listening for the first time today, thank you. 
consider subscribing wherever you get podcasts um, for weekly conversations just like this one. Also, we'd love to hear from you if you have any feedback or if you're on the edge of your seat and you just want to share a part of your journey as a freelancer, drop us a line. Hello at hectic.us. And until next time, my friends, peace.